Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another week of the Ninth State Sports Show Lacrosse Edition. My name is Joe Marcellina, and joining me as always is Dairyfield AD and boys lacrosse coach Chris Hetler. Chris, how are you doing? I'm doing great, Joe. San Diego day today, as we like to call it, a, a beautiful, low humidity, 70 degree day, perfect lacrosse weather out there today. Excellent day to practice. I, I didn't know where you were going with that, if that was an Anchorman reference or a... San Diego. I mean, okay. <laughs> you can uh, send us questions and feedback by shooting an email to nhhighschoolsports at gmail.com. Uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at nhhsports. Uh, this week, we are once again recording the show at Backyard Brewery and Kitchen in Manchester. And don't forget, you can listen to the show Thursday mornings at nh-highschoolsports.com. Before we get started, let's take a moment to tell you about our sponsors. Uh, the presenting sponsor for the Ninth State Sports Show is Roger Howe of The Bean Group. Are you thinking of selling your home? Now may be the time. Just like the weather, the market is hot and interest rates remain at all-time lows. It's time to call Roger Howe, a licensed professional realtor with The Bean Group. Not sure what your home is worth? Roger will provide a market analysis for you at no charge. With 12 years of experience in residential, commercial, leasing, and investment properties, Roger knows your local market. Contact Roger Howe of The Bean Group at 800-450-7784 or 603-247-1583 or email him at roger at rhowrealestate.com. The Ninth State Sports Show is also proudly sponsored by Prolax Customs. Located in Bedford, Prolax Customs wants to make your stick as unique as the way you play the game. It is your place to go in southern New Hampshire for custom-dyed lacrosse heads. Or guys, if you need a stick stringing before we get into crunch time, you need to contact Joe. To learn more, visit them online at ProlaxCustoms.com. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram or email ProlaxLacrosse at gmail.com. All right. Oh, we're back. I'm sorry, I was taking a nap there. Our, our, our sponsors, it's, it's, it's we've, great. I know. We've, we've, uh, we are, I'd say we're overflowing with sponsors, but not really. We could, we could probably uh, we could, handle we could, a few always more. Room for more. Yeah, always room for more. But we, we love both our sponsors and for taking care of us, and, uh, and hopefully they're taking care of those of you out there. Um, thanks to both Roger and Joe for, for sponsoring the show. And, uh, and we are here once again. We are in, uh, in the middle of week six of the regular season. Uh, just kind of seems crazy that we're already at this point, but um, you know, as as we were kind of talking before we started, I mean, we're getting into who's going where, who is where, and who has to win out here, or do what do they do if I they think, win this game? I think you said it best last week. Just when we think we know everything, <laughs> we know nothing. Yeah, yeah. And so that, that definitely, after the last couple of days, that definitely applies to uh, a lot of what we've seen in the landscape here. Um, you know. Uh, the coaches poll again you know we have the coaches poll we have we asked the coaches to uh to do this on sunday and by the time we get to wednesday uh or, again we, we know mean, nothing the last two weeks by the time we got to monday night after the poll came <laughs> out uh, you know if you think back to to last week at this time you had winnicunit that had moved up to the number five spot in the poll actually if you want to go all the way back timberlane jumped up to number five and then the following tuesday lost to winnicunit so you had that there um, as I, I mentioned in this week's uh, little write-up there, um, there's only been one time all season where the same team has been fifth two weeks in a row, and that was the preseason poll where Derryfield was five to start the year and then also five the, in the next poll, and then you've alternated every other, other week Every since. other week. Um, <clears throat> this week you had Nashua South at number six move up to number six in the poll and then immediately come out and lose to Bedford on Monday. So once again... Uh, the within 24 hours, the poll has been blown up. Uh, but we, we'll, we'll go over it anyways. You, you, of course, again, the top four remain the same. 
Uh, same number of votes from a week ago, too. You had BG number one, Exeter two, Portsmouth three, and then Pinkerton four. Uh, top four top four have been firmly in place. Yeah. We've, we've talked about that for a while. It's been pretty consistent. Uh, Portsmouth, Portsmouth uh, joining, joining a group of five uh, as one of only five schools to, to be in the top three uh, right. in, the, in the poll's existence. Um, and again, firmly, firmly entrenching themselves with the, with the scores that they've had. Right, right. Uh, we'll get into it. Had a great game with Portsmouth uh, yesterday, uh, and then and then Pinkerton. Um, you know, we'll get into that game as well. But Pinkerton in a shootout yesterday with Exeter. Uh, you know, kind of kind of rounding into form. Coach G's got it. Got his boys playing pretty well out there. Can really make some noise Thursday night too with uh, with BG coming in. BG coming off uh, a, some. I mean. Surprising, maybe not the right word, maybe surprising in the way that it happened. Uh, a loss on Tuesday to Acton-Boxborough. Uh, and another, another one we'll get into in a few minutes. Uh, but, yeah, that's going to be an interesting Thursday matchup. And then, you know, looking a little further ahead to next Monday, Pinkerton's got South. Um, and then Londonderry on back-to-back days next week. So that's There's, um, there's still some big games yeah. in Division One. We're waiting on a couple scores tonight. Hopefully by the end of the podcast, you know, th- those will be in and we can talk about them. So Hegan, Salem. South, uh, you know, there, there, there's some big, uh, you know, in terms of the final eight or nine teams that are going to make the tournament, um, you know, yeah, there's some big games out there that yeah. we're waiting on. Merrimack. So uh, so the rest of the poll, you had uh, Dairyfield moving up to five, South moving up to number six, Londonderry moving up to number seven. Timberlane, it, it's funny that, that, you know, you had a bunch of teams moving up, and then Timberlane stays right where it is at number eight. Um, Winnicunit dropped to number nine. And then St. Thomas, for the first time this year, moves into the pole. They come in at number ten. Playing really well right yeah. now. Playing some, uh, playing some really good ball. Had some, had some good wins. Uh, beat Winnicott. Uh, beat Wyndham on the road. Um, you know they are, they are a hot team right now. Um, we got a, we got a date coming up with them next week. That's going to be a big clash to help determine, uh, you know, uh, the final seedings it's of the not, of the playoffs. not a quarterfinal game. Not a quarterfinal game. Not yet, anyway. <laughs> Um, yeah, Coach Houlihan there is. Uh, he, maybe the, I guess that's over now because he's maybe now because he's at UNH. So at UNH, yeah. he's he's moved on to bigger and better things. Um, but yeah, not a quarterfinal game yet. Uh, but may have quarterfinal implications could, in terms of in yeah, terms of yeah. uh, you know the final seedings there. Uh, and then also receiving votes, you had Concord, Wyndham, and Campbell uh, also getting votes this week. Uh, I feel like that group of 13 teams has pretty steadily been you know there's been a couple weeks uh, st thomas is just just getting on board concord has been in and out uh, a few times this year i know but Campbell, that's pretty much the rotation of teams that yeah, have received votes yeah. throughout the Cam- campbell's been consistent because i've had them in my top 10 all i've had year. them a few times yeah, in my top yeah. 10 as well um you know we'll talk about them they had a they had a game with lebanon that we'll get into a little bit later in the podcast here today um, you know that has has implications for uh, for playoff seating as well. All right. So, as we kind of alluded to, um, you know, let's um, maybe go a little little reverse order, I guess. Um, you had two big games, like we talked about on Tuesday. Uh, first one, Bishop Girton hosting Acton Boxborough at Stellos, um, and kind of an intriguing out of state game. You know, BG had come off. Uh, a couple of nice out-of-state wins over BC High, LaSalle last Saturday, and then uh, they're playing an Acton box handily, team. handily, handily uh, taking yeah, care. Hand- of, you know, LaSalle. That game to me, that game was never really in doubt. Um, you know, did a nice job uh, of, of taking care of business there. You know, a perennial, uh, you know, top team and top team in Rhode Island. 
on pretty much from the opening whistle, BG pretty much dominated that game. Um, so and, and then coming into this game, you know, I think a lot of people were thinking, okay, you know, BG's playing well. Acton Braxborough, you know, had a good game with Exeter, lost to Exeter. Uh, BG pulled away from Exeter. Probably, you know, it'll be it'll be a decent game, but BG's probably going to win that game. Um, you know, Joe, you you got to see a lot of that game. What what did you take away from that from that game? So my my biggest takeaway is, um, you know, something that we really haven't seen much in the last couple of years was just in the in the faceoff at the faceoff yeah. X was was that um, BG's. Uh, J.J. Murphy had a pretty tough time. What did you have him on the night going? Uh, oh, you asked me this earlier, and I put the number away. Um, let me t- – I'll ramble for a little bit until I can find <laughs> it. Um, but, I mean, he went up against a kid from uh, Acton Boxborough. J.J. is normally um, – you know, while you're looking for it, J.J. is normally – I, I want to say he's better than 80% most, most nights. And that's what Coach Cameron had said, that they're yeah. used to winning about 80% of the faceoffs. I had uh, the kid from Acton Boxborough, uh, Devin German uh, is – or Germain uh, is his name um, – I guess he's a uh, he's also a, a, a football player, a fu- fullback on their football team, and he's committed to go to UMass. Fullback Lowell. and wrestlers, yeah. man, that's <laughs> that's the Fogo build yeah. right there. It's a, a UMass Lowell commit too, so he's also a got the D1 pedigree. But I had him uh, winning 17 to 26 faceoffs. Uh, so last not JJ, night. And, not JJ's usual no, night. Well, what and the, and the bigger part of that was JJ had a better second half, you know, making some adjustments and 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 doing some things different. Not surprising. In the first, in the first half, the, I had him uh, eight of eleven, which was just. It, you had the, the Acton Acton Boxborough yes, player eight um, of 11, yeah. eleven. Eight of eleven, um, and the biggest thing that did was take BG out of its. You know, they were able to get some transition goals, uh, uh, but they but it couldn't doesn't go allow you to get on a run, run. And and you know we're gonna un- unfortunately I got to talk about it. We'll talk about it in the the Dairyfield Portsmouth game in a little bit later. But that that is a huge part of of high school lacrosse right now is you know that the faceoff circle is such unlike basketball where you know the other team scores you get the ball right. It's it's very difficult right now in high school lacrosse when when your faceoff guy is not as uh, strong as the other one. Because uh, it, it limits your ability to go on runs and to, and to play catch up. I sorry, I was I pulled something up here when we were just to go back to LaSalle for a second. You know about the quality of team that was coming in. You, you look at some of their other scores. They they had two games similar to um, or two two common opponents with BG. Uh, or I'm sorry, one common opponent and then another good uh, a loss, but a good looking loss to St. John's Prep. They lost 11 to 10, and then they beat BC High 12 to 10. So definitely a good team. Was, was a little surprised to see that, that score a little bit against LaSalle, which then kind of also maybe leads into a little bit of overconfidence on BG's part, too. I know that's been a concern at times, especially, you know, they beat Exeter 17-10. You know, they have those kind of wins over BC High, over, over LaSalle. So it was almost a, a, a perfect storm of a situation against Acton-Boxborough and maybe one that, that might benefit them come, going down the road. You know, so they know they can't just this team can't just show up and win games. Yeah, and maybe maybe uh, and maybe expose some things that they want to they want to uh, work on as they head towards the playoffs. You know, what if what if JJ is having an off night and they're not winning as many faceoffs? You know, and, and to work in the defensive end on on making uh, making stops and being able to get some turnovers and, and get the ball going the other way when you got to grind a little bit. Yeah. The other thing too about that game was that was the amount of time that Acton Boxborough possessed the ball. Uh, there were a couple times in the second and third quarters where you know they're they're taking shots, they're passing it around. Uh, Zach Connerty had a, a bunch of saves in that game that actually really kept BG in it early. 
uh, could have gotten pretty ugly in that first half if not for for what his play. But th- you know, you, all of a sudden you look up at the clock and three or four minutes have run off the clock, and it's like, what is going on here? Uh, so if you in that with that in mind, and and Coach Cameron kind of said this after the game, you know, given the way you know they they scored ten goals without really having a lot of possession. The Acton Boxborough goalie made some nice saves. They hit five posts in the first half, too. Um, so, I mean, all that said, they were pretty efficient offensively. And that, you know, that it's it's funny. I'm I'm hearing similar uh, similar things to the way I felt coming out of our Portsmouth game last night. It it also makes your team when when you're in a game like that and you're not winning in the faceoff circle, you also fall into that trap of feeling like you know you've got to score five goals in one possession. And that's we all know that's not humanly possible, yeah, yeah. but you—it's hard not to fall into that trap where you're you're trying to rush things. You're not relying. You're not running your normal your normal offensive sets, and and everything just gets sped up. So it, it that is a good, that is a good lesson for them. Um, you know, I, I think moving forward, uh, you know, as they head into the playoffs, they've got a big game coming up against a rival in Pinkerton. We know until recently the winner of that regular season game has, has uh, there's been a little bit of a jinx with that, but they were able to break they were able to break that recently. Um, but you know, uh, might be a good good segue into into the uh, the Pinkerton Exeter game yesterday. Yeah, which I, I think it could this could be you know on, on paper it didn't necessarily look like like that Pinkerton BG matchup was going to have that rivalry that it, that it had before. Even though Pinkerton lost, it, it looks like they're getting their mojo back. It looks like, you know, maybe guys are getting a little bit healthy, um, you know, and, and yeah, I, I think it could be a great it could be a great game. There's a, uh, a, a another media type like myself who I was talking to the other day. I asked him if he was going to that game on Thursday, and he said, ah, no. Why am I going to, you know, that's not, I'm not going to go to that game. I'm like, I don't know. I think it's going to be a better game than people might think. The score may not indicate it in the end, but – I, I don't know. I have a feeling that it's going to be a, a well-contested game for at least three quarters. I want to say, you know, obviously last year JJ was ahead of Cole Frank. You know, can he can is Cole taking a step forward? Has he has he um, progressed enough that you know, like we said, can he can he get to forty sixty again against JJ? Can he get to fifty? If he gets to fifty fifty, or or does he? You know, does he find a way that he can go sixty forty against JJ? That give, that gives Pinkerton an opportunity. You know, uh, Riley Spellman seems to be getting getting healthier and playing better. Um, you know that that team's playing with a lot of confidence. Maybe they've figured out their identity. I think a lot of people were shocked at the shootout that occurred. Like I, I don't think I don't think that people saw that 16-15 score coming yesterday. I know I didn't. No, I, I certainly didn't either. I, I would have thought yeah. more if Pinkerton was going to have a chance to win that game. I would have thought it would have been more of a grind out type of game. Well, you look at the score by quarters too, and you got you know it was a seven six game for Exeter in that first um, that first quarter, and then they they go up um, you know twelve eight at halftime, and and I'm, I imagine they're thinking a little bit, okay, we we've, we've got this. And then Pinkerton comes out and outscores them seven to two, and they, they they went up by one. They went up fifteen fourteen going into that fourth quarter. You know, so and I, I remember seeing that on Twitter and I was like, wait a minute, this this can't. First off, I, I was like, I can't believe this is live. It's like 930 and it's we still got a game going on here. Um, you know, but but th- that score was just I, I, eye popping. And you look at some of this, the numbers for the for these games. You got you, know, you mentioned Spellman. He had two and three. Joey Gallo had two and three. Uh, Michael Uber, Matt Fuel had uh, three goals each, all for Pinkerton. Um, Cole Frank got in there, got a goal. Well, oh, while he's also going 30 to 32 on faceoffs, 
Uh, and then on the other side, you've got Aiden Drunzik with five goals and two assists. Owen Williams, two goals, two assists. Adam Neal, three goals. I, like, it just, it's it's on and on. And, and um, so yeah. 16 and 15 goals, and your goalie still, still making, both, both goalies yeah. were close to double-digit yeah. saves. You, yeah. had, you had Michaud with nine saves, and you had Tapman with 11 saves there. That's a lot of shots. <laughs> Not even counting the ones that didn't, hit, yeah. that didn't yeah. hit the net. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think I think that this game Thursday is going to be a little bit more interesting than uh, than people think, and it's um, you know a lot of times we are able to kind of look at games and say, and and I know you you and I have texted about this the last couple of days. If things go this way, what we expect them to do, this is what the standings are going to look like. And there, I think this year there's a little bit more potential for someone to throw a curveball, and I'm not saying. Pinkerton's going to go upset BG tomorrow on Thursday. But some of these other games, there could be, you know, um, some other interesting results. And I guess that maybe is a good way to lead into. Uh, I think it's a good segue to, into some to of the other other D1 scores well, starting, we've seen. Starting with Bedford and South I was on, say, on Monday. You know, I think uh, I think coaches are getting a little bit creative in their, in their approaches defensively and figuring out team strengths and weaknesses. Um, we've seen Bedford play some really good defense. They've changed their style a little bit. They've played some zone. They've gone up against teams that have thrown zones at them. Um, you know, I, I think that is something that if you're a top team like like BG or Exeter, you you ought to be preparing your team to see a zone in the playoffs because I think there are some teams that have figured out there, – there are more than enough teams out there that have figured out that, you know, look, we don't match up physically. We don't match up man for man with these guys. We've got to do something to give ourselves a chance whether it's because we're not going to get enough possessions in the faceoff circle and we got to create turnovers or what. Um, but, yeah, I mean, to me, that was one of the biggest biggest shocks I saw of the week um, was was that 9-8 uh, Bedford win over South. Um, you and, know, I, and it didn't even look that good, you know, until about eight minutes were left in the game. Yeah. I mean, South, honestly, it was a lot like the game against they had against Londonderry where they just looked kind of, I hate to say it, but almost kind of lifeless at times. Like they just they they weren't really moving well on offense. Um, the defense was having a hard time kind of getting on the same page. Um, you know, Bedford took full advantage, um, scoring eight goals. They were up eight three at the end of the third quarter. Uh, which I think if you had said that before the game, you probably would have flipped that. You know, because Bedford hasn't been scoring a ton of goals lately, and South South average is better than ten goals a game. I, you know, and that's including some losses where they haven't scored a, a, a ton um you know and then all of a sudden it was just kind of like bang bang south gets two goals it's eight five and looks like they're on a run and then bedford wins a face-off scores so it's now it's nine five it's like all right that maybe that's that's gonna be it and then south started getting out and pressuring bedford a little bit more on defense forcing them into kind of some shots that they weren't taking earlier in the game because they were shots from further out, maybe a little bit more rushed, you got Ethan Johnson stepping up and making saves in those situations and getting the ball out pretty quick. And then next thing you know, it's 9-6, and then it's 9-7. And then there's about a minute left, South scores to make it 9-8. And they, they had a chance to tie it and just, first shot they couldn't get on goal, second shot Matt Desmond, who, who played an outstanding game, um, you know, wasn't able to get. Actually, and that, that kind of reminds me, too, I, two things I want to mention from that game. I did get into the story that I wrote, uh, but I think worth repeating, where, uh, where Desmond had a, a, a moment early in the first, or excuse me, late in the first half, 
where he makes a save, looks for someone to clear it to, can't find anybody, and then just starts running for the midline, which he'd already done earlier, and it led to a goal. And he gets about 10 yards shy of the midline, and they run out of time. And so he drops the ball and turns around and starts running back. Connor Rossell comes in, picks up the ball, realizes Desmond's got like another 10 yards to go, takes a shot just as Desmond's turning around and putting his stick up, ball goes right into his stick. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and then um, in in the second half, uh, Bedford gets its first goal of the second half um, on kind of a fluky play where they'd had possession for a while, uh, backed up a couple shots, reset, and it looked like South had forced a turnover. Cody Goody got uh, a ground ball that he, you know, he looked up and had a, a line of Bedford guys in front of him. So he goes to flip the ball back to the crease where he assumes Ethan Johnson is, except that Johnson had come out to take a pass out there and clear the ball in a better spot. Instead, um, Derek uh, Kalusa is there, catches it, and then turns around and puts it in the empty net. Never and flip it, it back to the goalie. In a one-goal game, those are huge oh, plays. Crush it. They're absolutely crushing plays. Um. You know, so that's I, I mean, in the land and in terms of the landscape of Division One, you know that that's a huge that's a huge. I still think South has an inside track to a t- to a top four seed. It'll it'll depend. We don't we don't know. We still haven't gotten a score of their Merrimack game today. Merrimack, you know, <laughs> Merrimack is coming playing. on. Yeah. They've been coming on. You know, and we talk about coming on. They beat they beat Bedford seven three the other day, right? So we're talking about you know just when we know when we think we know everything, we know nothing. Um, you know, so they need that score. South has to go up to Concord, which we've talked about before, is not an easy place to travel to. They've got Pinkerton left on their schedule, and they got Keeneman Adnock. So they've got four games left that'll really determine whether or not they're going to get a, a, a first round home game um, in, in the playoffs there. I mean, they, they, if they hold to serve, they should. They should, um, right. I, but honestly, if we're looking at it on paper, I would think that our, our top four, you know, because, like we said, Pinkerton still has to play Exeter. They've got another out-of-state game coming up against which we, we uh, <laughs> learned we'd been erroneously saying it's uh, it's against St. John's Shrewsbury. Who Not St. John's Prep. Still, still, still a, a good, good program. Yeah, still a good program. Still a good team, but, but maybe but a little, a little bit more, more winnable, winnable yeah. than, we, than we would have thought yeah. before. Yeah. So it's possible that if, if they lose those two games, Pinkerton drops down to five and Londonderry moves up to four. So would be an interesting uh first round there i was talking to someone the other day that i felt like that 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 pinkerton that pinkerton londonary game at the end of the season not only is it for home field but they're going to see each other like it's it's tough because like how much are you again we talked about how much of your hand you're going to show like they're likely going to see each other again if south holds serve pinkerton pinkerton and londonary are probably pigeonholed into that that four or five matchup <laughs> And it's, so yeah. you're going to play each other two weeks in a row. What are you going to What are you going to show? You it's know, it's for so. home, home field in a, against each other in a quarterfinal game. Right. Yeah. Although it used to used to not when when before Pinkerton had turf, it probably didn't mean as much. But now that they got turf, that's a little little bit different now. You know. I, well, and if it's at Londonderry, I don't, I don't know if you remember they had to, they played last year in a playoff game at Londonderry, and it was one of the first events that I I remember going to where they were just letting everybody in, and it was it was. I don't know if I've seen many lacrosse crowds. You know, outside of the bigger venues, you know, you get really good crowds sometimes at Stellos and at Bedford and Exeter, 
this was at Londonderry. I don't know if I don't you know you you're familiar with Londonderry's field, right? It's like yep. a forgotten piece of grass behind a fence. Like I don't even the first time I walked up. Sometimes to it was like, it's mowed. Sometimes it's I, not right, mowed. Right, right. Um, I walked up to it. Remember one of the first times I went there, I walked up to it and was like, "This is the lacrosse field, really?" And it was packed. There were they put they had bleachers in on the side that were overflowing with students. There was a line around the entire fence of, of people. It was loud. It was it was an event. Um, so that's a you know love to see that happen again for you know if they end up over there. Uh, but lot lot still left to determine that. The D1, the D1 landscape is still a lot left to be determined. We do have uh, Sauhegan got a 12-7 victory over Salem. Um, big implications there for the playoffs. You know, Sauhegan now up to six wins. Uh, you know, probably probably looking at at least seven wins on the season, so that, that should get them in. That, yeah, with, that win with, probably With games with Londonary, Portsmouth, Nashua North left, three games left on the season. I, I would say six to seven wins firmly gets them in. If they can upset a Londonderry or a Portsmouth, then you know, then then there's even you know, then then there's more. I, I would think that yeah, because Salem's then the next closest team. They have two head-to-head wins over them, and and you know, um, Salem still has a game against Exeter coming up. See, so, yeah, I would think that probably wraps up a, a, that at least at no worst that last playoff spot for Sauhegan. Um Now, if if we're you know struggling to try to figure out what D one's going to look like. Uh, Division two is uh, uh, just a whole other mess, and and not so much maybe the teams that are going to be in, but where they're going to finish. I was going to say it's not really a mess; it's more just like it's it's very because of the unbalanced schedule. There's a lot of teams that are going to finish with three or four losses. That in a normal year, if you finish with three or four losses, you're thinking to yourself, "Yeah, I might get a buy, or I'm definitely a top four seed." You could finish as low as the seventh seed. Like you could be a team with three or four losses, and you may you may be the seventh seed. Yeah, uh, it's, that's where Oyster River right now is seven and four, and they are the seventh seed. Um, I mean, and then you've got we we were just talking about St. Thomas and how well they've been playing, eight and three, and right now they're they're tied with Conval for uh, for what the sixth, yeah, sixth seed. You know, if you uh-huh. play if you play around on pay if you play around on paper and do okay, you know these teams have been doing this, they're expected to do that. There's gonna be there's gonna be anywhere there's gonna be about six teams that are all gonna finish with three or four losses, and you know it it's not gonna be any there is no easy road. I think getting the one seed Portsmouth if, if Portsmouth holds serve and gets the one seed probably the easiest road to a final four if not a final. Uh, after that it's anyone it's anyone's game. There people are gonna have to grind. If you make the finals this year, it's gonna be a grind to get there. You're gonna beat some good teams. I mean, you look at amongst those teams that are at the top, you still have obviously. Derryfield, St. Thomas, uh, next Wednesday. Um, Give me know, where go back. Go back to those stands. Give me where Hollis is right now. They are. I, I counted before we started. They are 15. Okay. So they are. They so, are a game out of the playoffs right now. But you look at what they have left, and it's part, very likely or very. They're going to get it. They're they going to get, get in. in. They're going to get in. And they played. They played a two-goal game against Timberlane the other day. I got, I'm texting Coach Ken after that, and he's like, "Yeah, man, those guys." Those guys can go. They're 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 hitting. They got some big dudes out there. Their coach Dom's got them going. They are. They're playing really well right now. They're getting healthy. Um, that's that was t- that was good. I like that. You like that? Yeah, you like good. that? Yeah, that was, that was good. good, right? Bro, broski. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like Coach Ken. He's a good dude. Uh, Pottery teacher. Good guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gives good scouts. He's uh, you know, <laughs> Coach Ken. 
we, we had a good conversation. He's, he had a lot of respect for, for Hollis. I certainly had a, res, a lot of respect for them coming out of there. That's a team. I mean, can you imagine that? You're, you're one of the high seeds, and you get the gift of, of having playing, to play Hollis well, I mean, in a quarterffinal game. Awesome. Know, if they're the 14 seed, that's right. the, three or the, the three seed gets the three them. three seed gets them. Yeah. You know, that's not an easy, that's not an easy matchup there. No, no. Are you? Yeah, you guys are the three seed as of right now. Yeah, thanks for pointing that out. <laughs> no problem. So, um, you know, but like I was saying, you got those teams, you know, Dairyfield, Timberlane, Wyndham, Winnicott, St. Thomas. They're all in that mix, and and there's still a lot of games with each other left. Um, and then with also with Portsmouth. I mean, Portsmouth still plays Timberlane and Winnicott and Oyster River. Um, you know, Conval, Conval, right now, well, like they're, they're, they've they, probably they got, potentially could finish with three or four losses. They're at eight and three right now, and you know, looking at their schedule, they could be could be eleven and three going into the playoffs. They yep. could be that three seed. Yep. Um, you know, so it's yeah, it's it's you got to check back every day to to which I, I will it's actually. It's not going to be written to the last. It's not going to be written up until the Friday, Friday the twenty seventh. Friday the twenty seventh. I think you'll it, well, short short of rainouts or anything. You'll probably you'll probably be able to tell. We at that we point. still want people to check in every day though because I'm going to start updating this the playoff picture every day next week. So don't don't forget to check out that despite. Despite what Coach Hetler says, you want to check out the website every single week just to see where you might end up. Because uh, I will, I will be, I will be figuring that out. Uh, Joel have all, he'll have all the permutations and possible outcomes every day. Based I, on, you know, I was, I was uh, studying up on my tiebreakers Monday morning this week while I was waiting for the standings to reload on on uh, the NHIA's website. Um, very inconvenient timing for that to go down while I was trying to, you know, figure out playoff. Uh, brackets um but that's usually the way it works i i feel like um you know you mentioned uh, your game with with portsmouth yesterday um you know what were some things uh, well you kind of <laughs> it sounds like it was a little bit like um the game i saw with bg and acton boxborough that you know just kind of some ebbs and flows for both teams and you know portsmouth got out to what a bit of a little bit of a lead and then you guys came back and was a little bit back and forth Needed needed some more. They did a really good job of going after the contested 50-50 ground balls. And in a game where two teams, you know, have some very skilled players, you need opportunities in the offensive end. And if you don't clear the ball as well as you should, you don't get the GBs that, that you need to get in those contested situations. You give a good team uh, too many opportunities in the offensive end, they're going to take advantage. Um, you know, I think, I, I think I've said it from the beginning of the season that, you know, Portsmouth has a lot of guys that play really, really well together. Uh, we picked our poison the other day. Mike O'Neill, hat off, uh, you know, tip, tip of the hat, six goals. Uh, incredible, incredible day for him. Um, you know, took advantage of some mistakes that we made. Um, you know, we, we were able to hold some of their other guys that, that, that normally make the box score to one or two points. But then, you know, he took advantage. So they have a team that that just kind of like they're like, yeah, you want to take away these guys from us? Then fine. We're going to we're going to step up. So in order to beat them, it's going to take a team playing really, really almost perfect. It's going to take an almost perfect day. Nick Smith is is an eraser at the faceoff circle. Um, you know, my guy, uh, sophomore Logan Purvis, did a great job, held, you know, was able to was able to tie him up an awful lot of times, created some 50-50 balls, but we didn't get enough of them. And that's kind of the difference. Like, when we were able to get the ball, we did some good things on offense. We were efficient on man up, um, you know, really happy with my guy's effort. We didn't give up and, and battled there. We'd love to see – we'd love to give the opportunity to, to play him again. Um, but, 
right now, Coach Vischer's group is playing really, really well, and um, it's it's going to be. They've got some games coming up. They got Timberland coming up. They got Winnicunit. Sauhegan's playing well right now, and they got Oyster River to finish the season. So it, it's not the easiest four-game stretch they got at the end of the season. They'll be tested a little bit, uh, but heading into the playoffs right now, they truly look like the team to beat in Division Two. Any other uh, any other thoughts about the what we've uh, talked about is a, a very uh, muddy Division Two up to this point. Um, well, the other team, the other team that's kind of ebbed and flowed. You know, we we've talked a lot about Wyndham. Uh, Wyndham's got some big games coming up. They've got a week where they've got Goffstown to end this week. They've got Timberlane, a Hollis team that's playing well, and a Manchester Memorial Central, a Man U team that has not been a pushover like they've been in the past. Uh, Coach Jordan's got it. Got them playing well. They they've only got four wins on the season, but a lot of their a lot of their losses and and they've had some close games there and they've put up some good scores against teams. That'll be a tough one to finish out the season as well there. Um, so, yeah, a lot still to be written in Division Two. You know, and they're a team, too, that, that has uh, the potential to kind of maybe find the back door into the, into the playoffs there with some winnable games down the stretch. And then kind of the one that stands out, you know, they've, they've got Nashua North um, next Thursday, which, you know, could give them, because they're playing up there to Division One, could potentially give them that extra point that uh, – you know, we've seen it make a difference sometimes just to um, – and I think that gives them – would give them two extra points because they have a win over Keene and Adnock as well. You know, so that would really be a, a difference maker, I think. Um, you know, if they're close in records with somebody like, uh, you know, Hollis Brookline, Merrimack Valley, Alvern, somebody in that mix. We said it. They got to get – they got to get I, – I think six, six to seven wins gets you in. They're playing – I think they're playing the full 18-game schedule – so with 18 games, I think a minimum, I think they need they, they need seven wins to get in. I think which is you know if they're dropping those other games, your your uh, your rating is going to drop lower just because you played more games. So I think for that, if you were playing 16, I think it's a minimum of six. I think if you're playing 18, you're going to need closer to seven to, seven to get in. So um, let's take a look at Division Three. I know we talked the last couple weeks about um, Campbell getting into its kind of. Uh, coming to the end of its gauntlet there with that game against Plymouth last Friday, uh, which they did win on the road 8-5. to five. But uh, it sounds like they uh, they had maybe one more game to go on that swing uh, th- on Wednesday against Lebanon. They got a uh, they, they got a win today. It was a little bit ugly. I, I was uh, texting Coach uh, Coach Knight earlier, and, uh, you know, they won 9-7. Um, and sometimes you got to win ugly. you got to win those games. You know, I asked them, was it zone? Was it just... And he said, no, nah, just, you know, wasn't wasn't our normal, uh, you know, there, there was some sloppiness and it just wasn't our normal, normal effort there. I, I, I've I've experienced that before. Sometimes, you know, it, it's a long season. You get into May, you got your juniors and seniors, uh, you got SATs, you got you got finals coming up, you know, and it's as much as we say that lacrosse is kind of condensed. It it is a long it is a long season when you get to those days in May. It's uh, sometimes it's hard to get your guys motivated for every single game. Also, a three o'clock start for them too. So, I mean, I know they were at home, but even with a three it's o'clock a weird, start, yeah, you it's probably, a weird, weird. Yeah, you probably get let out a little early, I would think. And if not, you're rushing to get ready. Right. Oh, so yeah, that was that was probably a little strange. But you know, you look overall, and 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 Lebanon, you know, is a team. You know, with, especially with with Trinity falling to Pelham the other day. Lebanon Sneaky moves Final up. Four team, possibly. Um, you know, when you mentioned the nine-seven loss today, 
they lost to Plymouth 9-7, they lost to Laconia 6-3, and they lost to Trinity 6-5 in their, their season opener. So they've, they've played the top teams well. They still have uh, a game It's a team that if you draw in the quarterfinals, you're not feeling, you're, you're not feeling extremely whoever, confident yeah, as a coach. Whoever ends up as maybe like the, the third or fourth seed, um, you know, whether that's Trinity, Laconia, uh, Plymouth, Hopkinton. I think we got to talk uh, Pelham here too yeah, in a little bit. Maybe we do too, yeah. They, they've stepped it up. Um, that 6-5 win on Tuesday uh, at Trinity, um, really kind of, kind of really throws, good win. Yeah, really good win for them. And then they turn around on Thursday with uh, another odd start time at Campbell at 2:30. Um, but a makeup game from the from Monday. Uh, that could be an interesting one, you know, just given what uh, what Campbell's been going through with um, you know the the quality of teams that they've had to play. You know, and again they get to the end of this stretch. And maybe it's, uh, you know, kids look at scores and, you know, they, they hear what other people say about, you know, teams. And maybe, um, you know, maybe Pelham has a shot at sneaking up on them. Yeah, coming off a back-to-back game, you play you play a tough game with Lebanon. You know, they, yeah, I, I, I think it'll be I think it'll be a closer I think it'll be a closer game than than people think there. Uh, you know, Pelham, Pelham is always a gritty team. They play they play tough, hard-nosed defense. Um, you know, and they got some guys that can they got some guys that can score. So that'll that'll be an interesting score for tomorrow to watch for everybody. You know, the other game to kind of keep an eye on tomorrow, uh, you've got Laconia, or excuse me, on Thursday, you got Laconia going to Hopkinton, uh, and Hopkinton coming off a, uh, a huge win at Plymouth uh, on Wednesday. So that's back-to-back games for them. 12-6. You know, quality opponents. Um, you know, and then they turn around, and as we were kind of just mentioning, they play Lebanon on Monday. Hopkinton does. So it's a, a tough stretch for them. You know, we we talked about it early in the season. You know, before heading into before before May hit and sort of in that in that holiday break, you know, Hopkinson's offense w- was really clicking, but they hadn't played a really tough schedule yet. And then you know they play Campbell in a shootout. They 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 score twelve goals. They give up fifteen. Other than that, other than that, other than that zone game against uh, they, they against were, Trinity. Um, they were missing Ryan Brown for that game as well, who's Which one makes of their a big top difference. offensive players. Yep. Yeah, um, you know they're they're scoring they're scoring. I, if I had to do quick math in my head, it looks like they're scoring 15 goals a game, thereabouts. Um, you know, I, so that that's a team in the playoffs that I just did that quick math in my head too, and I think that you checks on that. Out. I yeah, think that checks I think out. I yeah. think we're there. Yeah, I'm not a math person, but I'll, I'll go with it. Yeah, I'll cosign. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you do that on purpose? Cosign. Yeah, <laughs> no, I didn't, but I, we'll say that I did. Um, and we, now I've completely derailed us, and now we're just sitting here staring at standings. Um, you know, it's. Uh, I think what's kind of interesting too about Division Three is, you know, we had a, a, a week during April vacation where pretty much no one played, and it's typically you know with a lot of these teams playing on grass fields. You get a lot of postponements earlier in the year, and um, we didn't really this year, I don't think, because the weather hasn't been rainy until been pretty, this week. It's actually yeah, been a pretty yeah. decent spring, where like you know maybe it rains at night, here but and not there, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, you know. Um, but yet we're still kind of seeing, I feel like, some games, some schedules kind of crammed in there at the end, um, and it's it's one of those ones. It, it maybe not for the top spots, but you know, D three like Division one is going to have that eight nine game. To start the playoffs, um, you know, just looking at this real, real quick, um, 
I think you've got Guilford and Kearsarge right now would meet in that game. Um, you know, Kearsarge was a team that, uh, you know, we were pretty high on earlier in the year. They've had some rough outings lately. Uh, I'm not fully sure if they're, you know, maybe they've gotten some injuries or something going on there, just facing tougher competition. Um, but, I mean, that would be an interesting battle, I think, there. And, uh, you know, and then and then you look at uh, – so you look at that game and it's probably going to be – I mean, you might have a, the you, year, get, yeah. you got a preview of that. They're going to play at Guilford on the 23rd. There you so. go. There you go. And then it's still that might be for home field advantage. The, <laughs> the door's still, I think, a little open there too for for you know if one of them slip up, that Bishop Brady can, you know, slide in there. But again, we'll we'll a lot of time left to figure that out. Even though we've only got 10 days left, Brady uh-huh. Brady's got a tough. They you know, they have we don't have the score in today, but uh, they had Milford today at 4:30. Um, you know, that's a bit. If they were able to get a win there, that gets them to four wins. Then they got Plymouth, Pelham, and Hopkinson to finish out the year. So they'd have to upset somebody, somebody there in order to get to five wins. Not an easy, not an easy end of the year schedule for them. Well, I think um, I know that just about takes us to uh, the end of the show um, for this week. And unless you've got any other uh, final thoughts uh, before we wrap up. You know, I I, um, I think in terms of I I'm I'm excited about like we I don't know I'm on I'm on a text where like we're talking about the parity within the state and we're like oh is there really parity is there not parity I I think this is the, I think this is the the most parity that we've had in in NHI lacrosse in a lo- in a long time are there still top teams out there absolutely there's definitely tiers we talked about it last week well but you look in at- terms of playoff kind of uncertainty. And, and maybe upsets happening and chalk not holding, I think there could be. I think there could be some, some really interesting matchup. Well, there would definitely be interesting matchups, and then there potentially could be some really good, you know, not for the, not for the losing coaches, but there could be some, <laughs> some good upsets some good, in there. For, well, hey, I, every game is a good game for me. So, like, I think I said to you earlier, I'm the only one guaranteed to be in there on June 12th. So, uh, I, I always – Coaches are yeah. going to have to earn their money. They're yeah. going to have to do their scouting. They're going to have to do their game planning, like – you know, there's there's years where I was in the playoffs, and I'm like, great. You know, we get this first round game, fine. I, I can relax a little bit. I don't see that happening no. for, for just about no. anybody. Yeah, I mean, we we you know we the top four in the poll has been the top four for a reason. You know, I think you look at those three teams, top three teams in D1, Portsmouth in D2, and and to another a, a lesser degree, Campbell in D3. And outside of that, you know, it's maybe um, it's a toss up in a lot of cases. Depending on health, COVID, flu, all those different, all those different things that have been happening right now. There's a lot of stuff going around in different schools, um, you know. And hopefully, hopefully we get through that. As the weather's getting warmer, everybody's getting outside. It'll be nicer. Hopefully, um, you know, everybody's at full strength heading yeah. into the end of the month here. All right. Well, I think that will uh, wrap it up for us for uh, for this week. Uh, he is uh, Dairyfield Boys Lacrosse Coach Chris Hetler. Chris, thanks again for joining me. Joe, thanks as always for having me. I am Joe Marcellina, and we will talk to you again next week.